0: Negative, Major Tom. Negative. It is imperative that you remain in the capsule. It, oh boy, there he comes. It is the distant future of the year 2000. Uh, Majority, we have a podcast. big, big, know i i I think i think i'm 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 pretty happy with um where the show is going overall but i think um maybe to broaden our reach with certain demographics we need to kind of pivot a little bit how do you mean i think we need to pivot to becoming the most red-pilled um manosphere Book podcast on the internet. I think that's that's what we need to be doing.
1: I'm sorry, I don't follow.
0: Like we need to be like, what's up, alphas? It's your book, bros. You know, some, some something like that. You know, like what's up, soldiers?
1: Oh man, I'm here to, I'm here to tell you about this book I read about crushing poets.
0: This all right, bros? What's up? We're reading uh, 29 tips of leadership by the Navy SEALs followed by, uh, D- Donald Trump Jr.'s autobiography, <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, something like, you know, gotta to appeal to a certain, you know, I, th- I think there's, there's a lot of normal books, now we just, if, if we just can appeal to people who just pretend they read, you know, they could just, we, you know, they, they can't fact check us, they won't know that we're, we're making it all up.
1: Welcome to the Chad and Brad Book Club, I'm Brad. And I'm Chad. What's up, Brolgers? <laughs> Fighting the good fight, crushing the good puss, here we go.
0: And chugging lots of brews, bro. Aw
1: yeah. Anyways, welcome to the Sad Boys Book Club. My name's Dusty. And I'm Daniel. And this is uh Leviathan Wakes Part four. And um wow. I feel like I'm saying this damn near every week. If I'm not saying it, I'm thinking it. This has been my favorite section of the book so far.
0: Really? Yes. I, I mean that's not to to say i disliked it, but i think to me like that the part three uh was is still probably my favorite so far i i think that
1: uh i don't know i i i'm i'm very much a sucker for uh heavy character moments and there mm-hmm. were there were plenty in this part to be sure and there were some really big plot movements that happened and Great action, and I just you know I, I say this I say this every week. You have the most contextually useless superpower, but I find great appreciation in it in that you always know exactly where to stop. And <laughs> the end of chapter forty-three was such a great spot to cliffhanger on uh, in between parts here, and all I'm thinking about right now is when can i sit back down and continue reading this book again because one we're getting near the end and two it's so damn good that i just want to keep reading it and when i'm not reading it and i'm thinking about it i'm thinking why am i not reading it right now
0: that i i really i really uh was very interested you know there at the end i i was very tempted to keep going but i was like no no we said this was where we were going to end um, I think this is probably the most balanced section that we've read um, between uh, character development and like the, the sort of plotty actiony kind of stuff. I think this is probably the there there's there's quite a bit of both here, but like part two was basically all all um, character. Part three was almost all action, you know, and I think this is this you, they kind of strike a balance here. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I I'm gonna jump to near the end of the of this entire section with the attack on um, Toth it, Toth. Uh, That's how
0: I was pronouncing it.
1: Toth Station. Uh, it did a great job of. I thought it was a good action scene. It did not feel like a a, a almost kind of bullet point. This happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, kind of thing. It felt like the action was flowing. Uh, albeit very chaotically. And I do like the stark contrast between the space battle with the uh, with Holden and the Rosie crew and uh, Miller with the ground crew. And how they how they balanced that was really, really well done. And I I loved the pacing of the action and I felt like it wasn't too descriptive too in your face to like just like like I said, basically a list of this happened and then this happened. But then it's also concise enough to where it's not feeling very sluggish, and I, I don't feel like I'm just kind of watching a boring action scene in a Michael Bay movie. You know?
0: Yeah, I think they they do a good job uh, the the writers of creating like this sense of um, like you know what's going on, but it's not like some some books they get a little too nerdy with it like he he turned his pistol at a 45 degree angle and then surveyed the next three hallways one after the you know they get they get like a little too granular with it i yeah. think the the intent in those cases is to really um contextualize and communicate the action and then there's some that kind of do a poor job you you know you're reading it and it's it's just like okay wait how did we get from there to here you know Uh, i've read a lot of sci-fi and over the years a lot of it um star wars um not necessarily just novelizations but like like within the like extended universe materials and they, they a lot of them can kind of um suffer in in both of those directions where they 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 like either over or under describe but i think that here they're they're really hitting a sweet spot where you're you're walking through and it's it's a lot more I guess it's more legible, like what's going on. Like you can very clearly understand what's going in your mind. It's not information overload and it's not just just um just I don't know what to call it, just gruel. It's it's the Goldilocks
1: of sci fi action.
0: Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. I I I
1: also feel like I got some crazy emotional whiplash from this section to where i had some of my highest highs in my feelings towards the characters and the character moments and then immediately afterwards suffered some of the lowest lows so far with the character moments to where i'm just i went from being so happy i texted my friend mark who has read all of these books and is a big fan and i was i'll I'll read the text i'll read the text that i sent Mm -hmm. uh because uh it's I, i i sent this in the moment and uh, I said, Miller, Miller preparing to leave on the leave the Rossi for the assault on Toth, thinking about needing to figure out where to go next. And then Holden acknowledging him as the member of the crew gave me the biggest smile.
0: Last, that's like pictures taken before disaster. Top 10 pictures taken before. Disaster. Yeah, And
1: then like 30, 40 minutes later, when uh, after he responded and I responded back to him and said, yeah, too bad it's ruined as of now because it's Dresden. And yeah. Now we're just where we're at now. Still with with the with the two of them with Holden and Miller is it's just it's 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 this. Ah, oh, it sucks. I hate it. I just want them to kiss and make up.
0: I mean, I think I think he's a little he's he's a little too into Naomi to to kiss and make up with yeah. with Miller. But your point is well taken. It it, it you uh I I don't know I, I I was very happy to see that they had. Seemingly come to some sort of understanding, but then again, you know we're we're back with them kind of being on the outs a little bit.
1: I I don't feel like it was an understanding. I, I'm assuming you're referring to when Miller came to Holden's apartment.
0: No, no, before that. I was saying like when oh. when they were like when they were about to leave to go on the um, to go on the assault. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. It seemed like there was yeah. It seemed like they were kind of like okay. Well, there was kind of like a rough patch, but they're they're. Um, It seems like they've kind of come to an understanding and they're gonna move forward you know together but uh that does not seem to be the case at this point
1: yeah and i i definitely felt the same way that holden felt after miller came to his apartment and they had their talk and then he left that it just it it felt so hollow to me i'm sitting there just like man you guys you guys are just tiptoeing around actually talking to each other, and you're just giving out excuses to each other about, oh, I did this because of this, oh, well, you do this because of that, and it's, I I just wanted them to just sit down and just talk to each other, and Holden says himself that if, like, something about it felt incomplete, and I'm like, it does feel incomplete, just fucking talk to each other instead of trying to make excuses for each other, like, please, I want you guys to, 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 to be... Friends, to, to work together to be crewmates to, to go on adventures together And I want to be along for the ride because I love it And it's just not happening right now And god it's just such good storytelling I love it
0: Yeah it's It's, it's really good I, I, I'm, I'm really hoping that they can um, I don't know I guess we'll see how the book ends uh, But I'm, I'm really hoping that they can finally um, I guess kind of reconcile Their their worldviews because you know what what we're seeing is sort of this this tension due to um, Holden kind of being the avatar of a very like idealistic sort of worldview, and then you have Miller who's the sort of this avatar of a very um, holistic, very jaded yeah what holistic um I guess holistic to a certain extent but I was I was gonna. I don't know. There, there is a certain realism in a lot of the things that he says and does and believes, but you know, I, I, I was—I don't want to necessarily do, at least in the, this abstract comparison, like a value judgment. I think there's aspects of either character that I, in various moments, will identify with more. Um, but I think, I think that he—he he definitely has a more cynical worldview. I think it's—is—is it's safe to say.
1: Which, I guess, to, to, to round this back into dancing around the topic and getting into it. So, where we left them off, they had, uh, they had just escaped Aero Station, right? And they, were, uh, they had just barely survived making it back to the ship after getting blasted with a shit ton of radiation.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, they, had, already, um, they had already woken up in the midday uh, when we last left off.
1: Okay. So, the plan at that point, they had gotten the, uh, they had gotten the asteroid that Julie had uh, left as where to go back and find the ship that mm-hmm. assumedly had um, destroyed the Canterbury, or at the very least the ship that attacked the, the, the Scopuli. I don't know if it's two different ships or if it's the same ship. I think it's the same one, but I could be wrong. Uh, I think it's implied that
0: it's the same.
1: So they're heading to that ship and Holden and Miller are still recovering, and when they find it, it's completely deserted. It's tethered to this asteroid rock, and they go in to go try and figure out what happened. There's been signs of a struggle, and they go down to, is it uh, engineering? Yeah. And they find a scene not too dissimilar to what Julie found in the prologue, with the, the, the fleshy masses, and all this other stuff, but it's it's now been affected by the vacuum of space since the there's been a uh, the ship has been vacuumed essentially. So then they uh, they split up. Amos is trying to get the the ship back online. Naomi is is searching for was it the comms the uh, going through the comms or something?
0: Yeah, she she was doing that.
1: And Holden and Miller are going to the bridge to basically find what they can there. And that's when we we get a lot of a, a lot of info dump on essentially what happened after the well before during and after the prologue we get to see the details of how Julie got locked in the locker for eight days uh how the outbreak seemingly kind of happened to everybody on the ship, and uh they find this safe which Holden can only assume has. The data and possibly samples of the the Phoebe bug, and Naomi finds the um, the long distance communication pings. I, I I don't remember the terms they use for it because I'm drawing a blank right now. That basically the communication arrays between this ship, which we later learn is called the Anubis, and something else, something moving that is essentially their home base. So they have all this information. Uh, Holden wants to open the safe. They can't open the safe, and they feel like the quote-unquote keys to the safe are wherever it is that the Anubis is broadcasting to. So their next plan of attack is, okay, let's put the safe on the... Let's just take it out of the ship, put it on the Rosie and figure out what our next move is because we need to address this. Uh, but their options are not quite favorable, because they could take it to Mars and probably be killed, take it to the OPA and probably be killed, or sit on it and just kind of,
0: I don't know, do nothing. I should, I should also point out that at this point, um, Earth and Mars have at least gone to some level of war, um, where, the, where the, the Martian and Earth ships are, have started shooting at each other. Oh, yeah. As a result of Holden's last broadcast. Did we talk about that in the last one, about Holden
1: deciding I'm going to broadcast this third thing yet again?
0: Uh, You know, I I think if we we didn't, we could could give a brief recap of that. Well, I think, I think, um... oh, you can go ahead. Yeah, basically
1: Holden found information that suggests that the ships that attacked the Canterbury and the Donager were Earth-made. So he's like, yeah, everyone deserves to know this information. And Miller's like, you're just going to create more conflict. You're going to drag more people into this war because we don't know for certain this is what it is. You're just throwing out information without context. And Holden's like, so? And he does it anyways. And lo and behold, that drags Earth into the war, and now they are having... I, I don't feel like it's a hot or a cold war with Mars at this point. It feels like it's... It's somewhere in between. It's like a warm war where they're attacking Mars a little bit. Like, they they completely decimated um, uh, Deimos, the, the moon. And they're now essentially holding up a blockade around Mars. And Mars is out in the belt dealing with the Belters. And so now that's just kind of like a, well, now what kind of thing? So now the Earth has entered the fray because they got i guess a knee-jerk reaction to this and instead of trying to talk to mars about it decided we're just going to amass our our navy and i guess we're in this now
0: yeah i think they it was just like a, a pre a preemptive strike because i i guess they were like well mars is probably just going to turn around and attack us so if we hit them first they won't be able to get us um, but yeah, they. I. I they. It's definitely. you I think you're uh, correctly pointing out that it is not at this point like an all-out war, as far as we know. Um, both at this point and the point we would later get to, uh, when we stopped, there would there there had been no um, like attacks on any like Martian like the planet of Mars. But there there definitely was like a shootout between the fleets, and that Earth has currently got Mars under like a a little bit of a a blockade.
1: Yeah, which something we learn from Holden and Miller's conversation about this after the fact is, uh, and th- this is this is news to Miller because Miller lacks the perspective of someone from the inner planets. That uh, when Holden was in the navy, in the United Nations Navy, they had contingency plans and training uh, operations about if they needed to ever go to war against Mars and how the only way they could win was if they essentially... Uh, what was it? Struck first or something?
0: Preemptive strike.
1: Yeah, if they if they struck first and essentially did not allow them to use their superior uh, artillery on Earth, essentially, I guess, glass Mars before Mars can use superior firepower to outmaneuver and just destroy the Earth first. And Miller's just like, wait interplanetary people hate each other that's a little strange and Holton's like is it really though I mean this has been a thing since forever and Miller's like ah well you know when you're out in the belt I guess you don't really think about that And it's like yeah you don't because you know you're w- w- you and I don't think about the interpersonal socio prejudices or or differences between European countries because we're not in Europe it's just one of those things where it's about your perspective. And it's you know we can sit here and assume one thing or another, but the fact of the matter is unless we immerse ourselves in in the in the know or like take ourselves into that culture, we're not gonna know the nuances of them on a on a more uh macro scale so this is Miller's just kind of a yeah, things aren't exactly what you think they are either, bud kind of thing
0: yeah, it's interesting to see um at various moments how both of them have these moments of rather shocking naivete you know Mm -hmm. like things like like that like well like you were saying it's like how his his, uh, miller's shock at there being sort of like a rivalry and sort of mild enmity although it's probably it's escalated at this point between um earth and mars is a little bit surprising to me um as a as the reader but you know because you know they they, maybe it's because we spent so much time with um holden who who makes it more clear, um, given his perspective as an earther, uh, that that there is like a little bit of a, a, a tension there. So I, it was a little bit surprising, especially given that Miller. He often comes off as being more, um, I guess, more aware of of things around him, um, because like you know, as as we mentioned before, his his um, increasing like he's like at this point he's like basically begging him like please stop broadcasting you keep you just you you keep making things worse every time you step to the mic so just why don't we just relax for a little bit so he you know and he seems so in those moments he seems to be like a little bit aware of like the political situation in the galaxy and the in those sort of relations between the disparate groups but for him not to, to be aware of that it was a little surprising to me
1: yeah, it's, um, and you have the moment where Holden is essentially, he's doing the same thing that, uh, that Miller kind of does later, uh, with, um, his, his trying to justify his actions a little bit, and it's, he, he's like, well, I, I, I did not, I didn't, cause this war to happen. And this, this is where the whole, uh, he talks about the, the contingency that earth had for fighting Mars. And he, he's like, well, th- this has all been in place. I, I didn't, I didn't tell them to, to think this way and start this war. They were going to, they, they were just looking for an excuse to, to start this war. And I didn't, I didn't cause this. And Miller's like, y- you know what these, this powder keg might've already existed, but you threw the match into it. So yeah, you did kind of cause this. And it is the truth. This is very much Holden's war, whether he wants to admit it or not, and whether or not you want to to see it as such. Which, granted, to be fair, Holden very much is a pawn of protogen at this point, at least in so much as the war between Mars and the belt. Like, yeah, I imagine they weren't expecting there to be... No, actually, no, 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 they were there's no way they weren't expecting there to be survivors from the Canterbury because remember when Holden's just like, hey, you just killed all these people, I'm sending you all of their information and the ship's just like neat cool bye," and just left them behind. They wanted survivors because they wanted Holden to do exactly what he did. They wanted the Canterbury and the Scopuli to go live and for them to find the Martian battery. Clearly, they left the Martian battery there on the Scapuli, uh, so they wanted Holden to do exactly what he did. So he was upon a pawn of protogen in getting this war started. So yeah, this is Holden's war, but you can kind of give him a little bit of a pass for the Donager, Not I'm sorry, not, not the Doniger. The um, the Canterbury and the Scapuli and the initiation of the war between the Belters and Mars because he was very much set up to be that person and he fell right into it, hook, line, and sinker. But when you get with the destruction of the Donager and uh and him sending out uh the information with the the Earth ships and all this other stuff that's kind of really just snowballed the situation into something that is now all three major factions of of this 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 area warring against each other. Uh, Earth has killed like hundreds or thousands of of Martians and Mars has attacked and killed Earthers now, too. There's a lot of casualties on all three sides of this war. And you look at it, and you're like, yeah, there's a very good chance this wouldn't have happened if Holden would have kept his mouth shut and let—not so much with the Canterbury and the Scopuli, but with everything else, and just kind of let things get figured out first by, let's be real, smarter people than him. Then a lot of this could have been saved, and yeah— Protogen's just sitting back happy being like, "Cool, nobody gives a shit about Aero Station anymore because they're thinking about Earth and Mars now." This is perfect. So, I mean, who's really in control here at this point? Is it Holden or is it Protogen?
0: I think, you know, it's I, I think you raised some good points there. I think um, right now they're they're very they're very aptly exploiting Holden's um, maybe his righteousness. I, don't, I, don't to, I th- righteousness is one way to put it. Um, that's the way the characters his, put it. I, don't know, I mean, I, I'm not sure I fully agree with them, but I, I think it's 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 his dogmatic view about about you know the nature of information and information sharing. I think that's really what what the uh, argument between um, between Miller and Holden is when when they. Or on the sh- on um on the Anubis, and they're they're like um. And you know, there's Miller, who's who's uh or who's saying like you know we need to, uh control the information we don't we don't know everything yet we need to we need to figure things out before we we uh we share it, and Holden is like saying that's the same ethos that they have, who, Protogen You may be on different sides, but you're playing the same game. If everyone just said what they knew, none of this would have happened. If the first lab tech on Phoebe, who saw something weird, had gotten in on his system and said, "Hey, everyone, look, this is weird," none of this would have happened. And and um, you know, so that, I think that's that's his view is like this very um,
1: naive I guess this, for one.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a very it's a very um, yeah naive kind of worldview. It's it's a view that that is like. And look, I think there's there's a lot to be said for um, the free exchange of information. I think that it's it's uh, that is it's a good thing. But you kind of get back to kind of similar to like the, the certain court cases in 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 uh, American history that have been uh, on the rule of you know rulings on freedom of speech. It's like you may have a uh, you know you may have a a right to to express your speech in a lot of ways but there's also you know there's there's there needs there's it needs to be balanced by like a a sort of public interest perspective so you know not to say you know you you can't yell fire in a crowded theater kind of thing which Holden would probably say that that's what he's doing he's but in in the opposite he's there is a fire and he is trying to let people know and maybe that is true to a certain extent, but is his actions and his um I guess not his his uncontextualized free free release of information is just causing it's it's more panic than than like allowing for like an orderly or like reasoned or measured response to to any of these events that are occurring that he's he's kinda of stumbling through, you know? Yeah, exactly. And Protogen is, is just been basically benefiting entirely from him from his, his sort of dogmatic view about the exchange of information.
1: Yeah, they were given the perfect person to, to be a complete and total distractionary tactic and Miller says it perfectly himself when he talks about the case he worked where it was some little girl was murdered and for the first 18 hours everybody was like it's absolutely her drunk gambling father that did it. It was 100% him but then they got a tip in hour 19 that he had uh, debts to a crime syndicate, and that crime syndicate is what killed her. And he tells he tells uh, Holden, if we'd have been releasing this information as we got it, like you have been doing, that father would not have survived the 18 hours, let alone to the 19th when we would have gotten the tip that essentially saved his life. So you're just throwing right. this information out without context, and it's just – it's causing issues. And he 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 really does need to stop, and he does stop, for the record – He does not send out the information they found from the anubis but this has become a problem since the beginning of the book
0: yeah and 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 not to sound entirely um unsympathetic to holden i think i think his heart may be in the right place because you know you think about a lot of the great um journalistic um findings of like the 20th century one could argue about whether there have been any great journal. There has been any great journalism in the twenty first century, but certainly, in the twentieth century, there's there. You know, you know the the uncovering of like the the Lai massacres, um, you know the the work that was done to to expose like the the Watergate break-ins, um, you know the the Pentagon Papers, those kind of things where there there was a a, a relatively, um, there was the disclosure of information that those in power would have they probably did consider it to a certain extent destabilizing but it was kind of uh unlike i guess in the holden's case they they it was it was done in a kind of measured way that sort of balanced uh public interest with with the 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 uh the the i guess the release of the information if that makes sense
1: yeah they they were working with a much more complete deck of cards than holden was
0: yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was that. That's uh, so. So they're on the, the bridge of the Anubis, and they're kind of talking about that. And then they kind of disagree um, as the, as they're kind of leaving. Um, you know, this is after uh, Holden had had kind of had his uh, another ill advised um, <laughs> exchange, or I guess uh, ill ill advised sharing of data. He, when he uh, he told um naomi of of his feelings for her and it, that kind of ended in a very awkward way and so so he's he's basically this whole section that we read um he he's he's kind of having to deal with that he's having to deal with like these sort of second guessing like you know he's seeing her interact with other people like here he's intera- he's seeing her interacting with alex um, and he's like are they a thing now you know it's um let me see if I can find it again um yeah Naomi sat down next to Alex and began a quiet conversation with him about something she'd seen on the op screen Holden split his time between watching her and watching the lasagna she laughed at something at something Alex said and and unconsciously twisted one finger into her hair Holden felt his belly tighten a notch you know you know so he's just you know he's he's all he's very um that's the kind of the state of his his relationship with hers right now he's he feels like this sort of maybe entitlement is not the right word but he's he he feels like it's jealousy he, he he needs to be yeah jealousy is is a big i think probably the better word but like he feels like he needs he's the one that should be um with Naomi. She should be twisting not... her
1: finger in her hair over something I said.
0: Exactly. And so he's he's kind of talking or he's kind of like very hyper aware of her interactions with other people for that reason. Uh let's see there there's uh that, that's and that that meal where they sit down to eat the lasagna, that that's some interesting character stuff too. Uh where we see like it's a good way that the authors um, created a scenario wherein the different characters from their different backgrounds can kind of share their you know, their their perspectives on what's going on. Yeah. Like you see you see, um, you see Miller who has a very um, extra planetary um, view, you know, and, and then, you know, Holden, his his earther view you know alex and and Amos is kind of like a wild card because he is born on earth but he's kind of spent most of his life um, you know in the belt um you know Naomi also a pretty belt heavy perspective and alex uh being really the only I guess Martian representative so to say although he's not like super dogmatic about any the, I feel like they they kind of Drop the ball is a little harsh, but it feels like Alex got really de-emphasized after they um, after the Donager, you know. Yeah, he like did It a feels bit. like not he's not he's not nearly as um, central to the plot as as I guess I would have figured as like being the the guy from Mars. Um, but yeah. so so anyway, the 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 meal is you know is relatively pleasant. They're you know getting along, sharing their perspective. It gets a little, but not too heated. I don't know. There, there is a kind of an interesting um, conversation Holden has with Miller about um, one thing that we haven't mentioned that I think has been kind of hanging like a, a a Chekhov's gun of sorts. Was this creation by the apparently the Mormons still exist in the future and they're building this big ship to sort of the the idea at Tycho Station with the I guess the anticipation. That they're going to fly to some planet, um, in, in the distant, you know, in the distance, and kind of create their own society out there. Um, there's, there's kind of, I think Holden here and uh, and Miller have a little bit of a conversation where they're talking about it and they're saying, um, let's see, they're talking about it's it's the, the they have, it's their their different opinions once again where Holden is saying like. He, Holden kind of views it as something that's positive. He describes it as something that will give us the stars. And Miller describes it as, or a lonely death on a long trip to nowhere. And then Holden says, You know, some species version of the great galactic adventure is shooting virus-filled bullets at their neighbors. I think ours is pretty noble by comparison. Which, I don't know, kind of struck me a a little bit like... Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a little bit, I, and I hate to keep bashing Holden as naive, but it's like I, that's. I mean, if you look at the history of colonization, um, in 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 our you know in in our history, like there is a certain element. Maybe maybe that they were you know. I'll put it this way: the there was like an early sort of germ warfare that w- component that was part of like colonization. You know of of. Uh, you know the the Americas by the by the European powers. You know, so he's it's just kind of like, I mean, is is it more more? I guess maybe, but like I think it's it's a little bit. Uh, it's it's just a little. I thought that was kind of an interesting perspective that that showed that there was kind of a little bit missing from his calculus there. Oh, okay. So so they're back on they're back on uh, Tycho Station as I mentioned, and they do talk to uh, they do talk to Fred. And they're they're saying that um, th- this is another time when I was a little bit surprised, where they're saying, um, okay, so they, they they come into a meeting with uh, with Fred, and um, so so hold there's they see him he looks he looks physically older than the last time they they seen each other in a couple weeks, so it's it's pretty clear that things have have deteriorated out in the belt, and um, they're they're a little bit. Um, they're a little bit, or he's a little bit uh, worse for the wear. Um, he doesn't. He seems to be almost disbelieving in in like um, what Naomi was able to uh, determine about the the uh, Phoebe bug, which there he was saying or she was saying um, there's a they they were using networked nano bugs for incre- increased processing power. So meaning that there the the idea was. To make it spread as much as possible, uh, to just collect more data because I and this is something that they've kind of started figuring out is that whatever this virus is, it, it breaks organic matter down, and then it's trying to reprocess it into something else. And um, one thing that was a little bit surprising to to me here was that Fred uh, was like. That only makes sense to a psychopath. No one sane could do that. No matter what they thought they could get out of it, it's just like, really? Are you serious? Like you, you were, you were in like a a, a lot of military actions here. You were like the butcher of Anderson Station, and you're not going to. You're going to sit there and tell me that you you're shocked that people could, or that someone could theoretically act with with callous disregard of consequences. I mean. That was a little bit that was a little bit surprising, but Miller, he kind of rejoins him with like, well, you know, humans have been engaged in like genocide. He's like, uh, don't kid yourself, genocide's old school. Um, second, the facts aren't in question. Protegen infected aerostation Station with a, le- a lethal alien disease, and they've recorded the results. The why doesn't matter. We just need to stop them. Um, so and, and it's at that point that hey, Holden decides like okay and also you know we've been we've been able to figure out where top the station is and they kind of have a little bit of a, a back and forth um where they where Holden it sells sells Fred on the idea of like well we just need to do a commando raid of of the station Do you mean Miller? And uh or uh, I think it was Holden, right?
1: Miller was the one that was saying, I have the, uh, yeah, Miller's the one that's talking the whole time. Cause he's the one that's saying, I have the information you need. Uh, you need to make sure that you get your little OPA grunts ready to go. And then that's, that's when Naomi and, and, and Holden are like, you do know who you're talking to. Right. And he's just like, what? And they're like, Fred Johnson. And he's like, okay. And they're like the butcher of Anderson station. And he's like, Oh, Oh, um, oh. Ye-
0: yeah, okay. I I've, I've okay. I I've, I've opened the I finally I flipped to that page. Yeah, you're right. I was thinking I just saw the bit where Holden was talking about how he wants to keep a hold of the uh, the safe and the contents of the safe. Yeah. And so, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was that was pretty that was that was actually kind of funny that moment where where Miller was like he was he was astonished that he didn't know and then and then um, he was like, uh, "Where did it go?" <laughs> he's
1: like, "I seriously thought you knew it was him."
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was like. That that was kind of funny. That was just like he. They were like, "Are you? Are you?" You know, they, they were they were pretty shocked by, because Miller was talking with to Fred with a lot of very frank in uh, a very frank tone. And I remember at one point, as he said, I, I I took a note here. Of Miller looking at Frank like a bug which I was like that is I thought that was a very weird <laughs> a very weird choice but I guess they really they really realized um I don't I guess he just really didn't realize who he was talking to there that was that was a very strange moment but it was it was played it was written in a very uh, amusing way there to kind of have, have a humorous payoff yeah it was a fun
1: little scene so the plan now at this point is the OPA uh, Fred's going to amass the the uh, the ground forces needed to take over Toth Station. Uh, the Rocinante is going to essentially lead the charge and Miller is going to stay with um, what was the ship name? Oh man. The, the, the OPA ship.
0: The Molinari.
1: Yeah, the Molinari. Yeah, Miller's going to be on the OPA ship, the Molinari, that are going to come in afterwards, after the Rocinante takes out the essentially the exterior defenses of Toth Station, and then they're going to have the boarding crew, which Miller's a part of, and they're going to take the station over. So it goes somewhat to plan. The Rocinante, they, they realize, um, they get info from Fred that there are heat signatures that are similar to the stealth ship that took out the Canterbury. So they're preparing for that, and when they get to Toth Station in a really cool little ingenious plan where they they essentially disguise themselves as a hunk of metal that accidentally got projectiled out of the uh, OPA ship and is just hurtling through space but then at the last second once they get in range they kick everything back on rocket in and start the fight that was a fun little plan i thought that was that was that was a nice little ingenious way of having like some sort of element of of surprise on their side but they learned that that ship is actually two fighters that are just hunkered close together to, to, um, I guess, throw throw it off, which is exactly what it did. So now they're having to deal with two fighter ships and the defenses of the station. They take out the comms array of the station or wh- wh- whatever it was, the thing that controlled the um, uh, the defense ships, and then have to systematically take out the two fighters. But they sustain significant damage to the Rosie in that time. And they are able to take them both out, but the ship has essentially been hobbled at this point. So they have to limp back into a docking port on uh, Toth Station while Miller and the ground crew go in and somewhat easily take over Toth Station. uh, Miller notices that the the mercenaries, the protogen mercenaries, are using riot-suppressing ammo, which is, as far as I can tell, essentially glue guns just shooting them with just big old things of white goo that's supposed to suppress them doesn't really work and so they take over the station and they meet mr dresden the head or not the head but the the, the vice president of bio engineering protogen divisions I, I don't remember the exact title and that's where everybody meets back up after the battle
0: yeah so they they land um they landed this into uh or the Rosinante crew They they land in the uh, the hangar and they're kind of getting they're getting debriefed by one of the OPA um, one of the OPA officers on the ground and they they escort them in to the office with Dresden and Dresden is portrayed as like being very um, I guess arch kind of like he's he's like very like. You are all but pawns in my master plan. You don't even realize how grand my design. You know that kind of guy.
1: Yeah. If 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 you if you played BioShock, he gives me like some Andrew Ryan kind of vibes.
0: He he, he gave me like um like anime vibes. Like he's like like the, that kind of like very arch villain. Um I, I I, I, I just I, he I, I, f- I found him quite tiresome to be honest it was just because it's it's this sort of like affected um heightened mind and, and sort of like grandiloquent bearing that was just kind of like okay dude cool whatever yeah <laughs> you know
1: he, he's a shitty character but not not because of bad writing but because he's just he's a shitty person
0: so he's but he so there's like a there's like an allusion uh to uh to jesus being tempted in the desert by the devil um like where he's there basically dresden's like look you don't realize what what we're doing here you don't realize what what you're you're, you've just walked into so you know what here just just name your price and we'll send you on your way whatever you want guns money medicine all of the above, whatever. We'll just cut the check, and you can just get out of here, and we'll get back to work. And um, there, and uh, there. So that's that's when um, that's when there's the the illusion. I think Fred Johnson makes to uh, to the to uh, the devil offering Jesus um, all the kingdoms of the earth if he would just bow down to him, and then he's like. I'm afraid I don't get the reference, you know, just to, to to really to dig into like this idea of like he's like a very um, like amoral sort of sort of character. He's and he's he himself is very evil and all that. So and so that that's when that's when um, the Rocinante crew um, comes up, and then they're they're kind of really the conversation doesn't go too far. Like there there's like a little bit more. That they're able to drag out of him yeah but basically he's pretty tight-lipped he's like our grand designs cannot become uh, comprehended by such fools as you now please leave this station and you know blah blah blah
1: dresden is the internet meme of a rick and morty fan he,
0: he he really is it's like he's all of the all of the things he's saying it's just like it's just like this very affected like i am so smart um tone so much so that i almost don't blame miller for what he does yeah he he basically just miller's like okay we're getting no this is getting nowhere he's just talking in circles at this point so miller uh, dresden didn't even see it coming even as miller raised his pistol the man's eyes didn't register a threat all he saw was miller with an object in his hand that happened to be a gun a dog would have known to be scared but not dresden
1: and then, and then Miller shot him like eight times
0: which you know i gotta say i think i agree largely with holden's idea that it probably would be better from an you know a, a moral standpoint and from like a like a, an intelligence standpoint to bring him in for like questioning or for that kind of that kind of thing um but you know, Miller. Miller did what he did, and uh, so that that this is what causes the rupture that we alluded to earlier between Miller and uh, and and Holden. It's Holden um, is very affronted by this um, by this action. He's 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 just he seems very shocked that um, that there was, that he. That Miller uh, killed Dresden in such a way that was kind of surprising, I guess. Um, it's just like, really, I mean, the you know, maybe maybe it's just like they they don't really show the the morality at, as being like particularly different in this in this world. Like, there's you know, you get things like Star Trek where you see like humanity has changed in some ways. Like they're they're more um, enlightened. And having more enlightened views, but these you know these humans seem a lot more similar to humans from our time, in so much that their values are very um, legible as being um, really contemporary to not, I mean now certainly, but definitely to like the two thousand tens, you know, when this was published. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, that, that anyway after after this, there's there's kind of a he, he Holden basically says to him um, you know you can't come back with me. Find another way back. Which you know I, I, I find as a little bit, I, I was a little bit shocked by it, but it was like okay well he, he was able to get, catch a ride you know Fred was able to give him a ride. Fred by the way at this point does not seem particularly um, uh, particularly phased one way or the other or bothered one way or another about the actions. He seems to be just kind of like Okay, guys, stop. We're you know we're, we have a job to do. Stop bickering. We you know we need to get about you know what we need to do. So Miller kind of hangs back, and he's he's um, helping the OPA uh, take prisoners. And uh, you know there he's helping them, like teaching them how to you know process that many people. You know, they he's talking about like you know how how uh, green they seem because they're in a lot of cases they're just like. Like early twenties, late teens guys, you know, for the most part, and so they don't really know anything about like you know how to pat somebody down, how to check for like a a knife or something like that, or like a like a firearm. And uh, so they they head back to Top Station, and uh, Miller, we, we pick up with Miller, and he's kind of going, you know, not, he's he's kind of checked. He's checking the news and he's not really seeing a lot happening, um, like on the news. He was expecting there to be, like, a big, um, a big news story coming out about, like, you know, Earth Corporation's outpost destroyed by, um, extremist, uh, belter political faction. He was expecting it to become, like, the next, um, the next domino to fall in the, in the, uh, ongoing uh, emergent uh, galactic war and so when he when he realizes you know days have passed and nothing's happened he's he's a little bit surprised by that um and so he's he's just kind of like wandering through because he, he doesn't really know what to do with his life at this point he he gets a little bit of money from the OPA for you know joining them on that mission and he's going to the bar and he runs into a technician um who who was there uh, during the battle of the Toth Station? You know they, they get to chatting a little bit, and they and he shows uh, Miller some footage of like what what they saw. He was looking at the proto molecule in action. He was seeing Juliet Andromeda Mao's corpse writ large. For a moment, his imagined Julie flickered beside him. If you ever wonder if you did the right thing shooting that guy, look at that. Miller opened a feed, a long corridor wide enough for twenty people to walk abreast. The floor was wet and undulating like the surface of a canal. Something roll, something small rolled awkwardly through the mush. When Miller zoomed in, it was a human torso. Ribcage, spine trailing lengths of what used to be intestines, were now the long black threads of the protomolecule, pushing itself along on the stump of an arm. There was no head. The feed output... Bar showed there was no sound, and Miller undid the the mute. The high, mindless piping reminded him of mentally ill children singing to themselves. It's all like that, the kid said. The whole station's crawling with that, you know. And and you know, then then they kind of get into what it's doing, and there's he's you know he talks about how it's amalgamating itself in some way, and I don't know. That was just that was that was a pretty. um That was pretty disturbing. Like, this idea of, like, this, like, torso, like, crawling through this flesh soup, you know, making this high-pitched, like, squealing noise, you know, which is, like, just, just, like, an like, a, like, an astonishingly horrific image. And it's kind of, like, you, you don't really, um, it kind of reminds me, like, of, like, unit, uh, 431. You know, in the Japanese Imperial Army, um, it reminds me of some of the the Nazi experiments. You know that were that were uh, undertaken during the Holocaust. Just like this, very like. It's not. It's it. It was done ostensibly in terms of, like scientific research, but it, in reality, it's just such, like such a, a hideous grotesquerie, that you're just like, what What on earth are you? There is no. There is no. No one reasonable or moral or there is no there you cannot condone this under any aus- auspices is is what I'm trying to say. So it's it's just when you think about things like that, it's just like wow, that's that's really uh and also the fact that uh was it one and a half million people died on Aerostation?
1: Yeah, just about.
0: You know, you, you really begin to see, um like this this is like this is very um and the way it was just carried out with such like callousness you know it's, it's it, it, it there definitely reminds me of this that uh that essay about the the banality of evil that kind of thing you know but uh yeah that that was that so so anyway the the people of the opa largely um back miller's decision to just to kill dresden right then and there um and, and i guess but but from there he so we kind of see where that's that's we the, for the first time we see that miller is kind of um he's he's found not not necessarily adulation but like acceptance like his his actions on top station both during the, the raid and you know afterwards with dresden you know he it seems like he's finally found a a group of people that that uh Think positively that accept him, uh, you know. And we can kind of contrast that with like his earlier, you know, the earlier part of his story, where he was kind of viewed as like the like like a failure, the joke, the screw up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but while he's there at the bar, he also runs into Naomi and Amos, and who who he uh, he uh, he walks up to and he's trying to, uh, you know, talk to them. And they're just they're 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 very cold with him. Or Naomi's pretty cold, but she's not like overtly stating the obvious. So he's he's trying to buy them a drink, and they're like, yeah, okay, I guess, just but just one. And um, so so eventually she leaves, and and um, you know, cause she's she's just looking for any excuse to uh, to get to get out of there. And uh, he's yeah, so so. But Amos is not really... He's he's making it a little more transparent... That he's not really... Int- he's kind of persona na grata... Uh, Miller is kind of persona na grata... And so as she kind of leaves... He kind of hangs back... He basically lays it out to him... And he's like... Look... You know... The captain doesn't want you around... And whatever he says goes... He's like... You know... Naomi, is a good person... But, you know, she's not, she's not like us. And, I'm, and you know, for that reason, the captain's not like us. We, you know, he, Amos is referring to him and Miller. You know, he's saying that we're kind of like the, the outsiders, the, uh, the people that are not s- sort of bound by the, the typical mores of, of human um, interaction. And uh, Miller is a little bit taken aback by that. He's like, you know, because I killed someone who needed it? Um, and, he's, and then Amos is like because you've got a habit of that Captain's not like that killing people without talking it over first makes him jumpy, jumpy. you did a lot of it on Eros but you know and the top station wasn't Eros the next place we go won't be Eros either Holden doesn't want you around and then there's, he's kind of like um, yeah it it, so that's kind of the thing is like he's he's kind of laying it out there to Miller that he's just like, well, we don't really you know you're no longer a part of the crew. you can't sit with us anymore, you know at lunch that kind of thing it's, yeah it's so it's uh and it's it's not something that Miller hasn't considered himself. he's talked you know I think particularly when we were on the aero station bit. He, he even mentions to himself, he's like, wow, you know, I've killed so many people today. And he's like, you know, in, in each of those moments, I could justify it to myself. But, you know, if, if it was talking to my partner, I would be worried that they'd gone off the deep end. You know, that kind of thing.
1: I think he says so, that uh, he killed more people on Aero Station than he had in the entirety of his career on Ceres. I could be wrong. I I feel like I remember reading him saying that he had killed more people that that day than he had prior.
0: That that might be I might have just forgotten that. I just know that he had like a previous incident that he remembered like during his like being a rookie where he killed someone and it was pretty surprisingly like unaffected by it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I maybe I maybe I, I I missed or I forgot the other part.
1: I think that does uh, blend really well into his statements about post-human and how he how it was normally used for, like, technology that was invented that was a, like, post-human technological leap, something like uh, one of the examples is literally a sex robot. And he thinks it's more so he, he uses the term post-human to describe himself or just generally people that have now kind of superseded the idea of what it is to be human people like him people like Dresden to where it's like we we we've lost what what emotional attachment to humanity we have now outside of outside of personal uh survival instinct
0: and that's that's something that um Dresden also kind of talks about where he's he was when he was doing his I am so evil monologue he mentions like modifying the engineers to create um to create you know to, to work on this project, and they're like, How could anybody work on that? and he was like, they have been we have uh, altered them to remove their empathy and all of this stuff, but you know again, as I was saying at the time he' like they, and what what Miller also mentioned to uh, in his earlier conversation with Fred where he was trying to bargain to get the attack to to go is like it's like I mean humans have been doing this for. Certainly, for all of recorded history, there are people that that, that just you know, for one reason or, or or another, are just. And I don't I don't full feel fully right to use this as a descriptor in the case of like Miller and maybe it's just not, imprecise, but it's just like this sort of like sociopathy or at least this sort of like minimization of like. Of like the re- the the importance of like the deaths of others, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it, it it's just kind of like it was kind of like this this thing where it's like I don't know that it's necessarily post human. I think it's just it's just these this question, you know, about like what you know about th- these things about the nature of force and about um, you know these qu- the questions about like violence. And, uh, like, how we treat other people. I think these are this is something that humanity has always grappled with.
1: I figured out Dresden, by the way.
0: Oh, what's, what's, what's the deal?
1: He's a Resident Evil villain.
0: <laughs> he, he, is, he is basically just uh, Excella or, or Wesker, you know. He's, yeah. he's basically just, like, yes, using our evil virus, we will cr- transcend humanity and we will create a greater life form you know that kind of that is that literally
1: like... wesker's plan in resident evil 5
0: so yeah exists it, that's kind of where we're at folks it's it's just like a very um we, i kind of just kind of maybe glazed over it a little too much because it was just because of how preposterous it was but that's that's really what we're talking about is like he they they were they, were, they literally thought you know we can maybe reverse engineer this virus into something that will create superhumans. Which, again, is just a wholly preposterous notion that really doesn't deserve really even a modicum of consideration. But, you know, that's, that's just kind of what we're dealing with.
1: Yeah, which something I, 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 I don't think we, we touched on earlier when we were talking about Dresden's little monologue is the um, the proto-molecule is extraterrestrial. It, it, he, he, he posits that two billion years ago aliens sent this biological nuke to the earth but saturn got in the way and that's why it they only were like finding it recently on on phoebe and so his whole plan is ostensibly once we get this evolutionary jump start going and we start traveling to the stars outside of the solar system where these aliens live and it's been two billion years so god knows where they're at now after two billion more years of evolution we need to be ready for them and one of the things that um i can't remember if it's miller holden or fred uh in that conversation that says uh you know why why like you know or we could just not go to the stars but then he's just like well uh yeah but uh we should basically (laughs) and it's just this this whole thing is like we're going to be competing with gods so we need to be ready to essentially make a god bleed and it's it's, just
0: it's just so preposterous it's like that but you don't understand that was two billion years ago yeah that that asteroid was sent so like who's to say there even exist anymore Who's to say they didn't wipe themselves out or were wiped out by something else, you know, or that their their motives are the same, or their societies are the same. You know, there, there's there he's he's buying into this. And this is a very late 20th through like 21st century worldview is like this idea of progress as being linear. Who's to say their civilization hasn't collapsed, you know, into like a like a, a basically like a Bronze Age. Civilization, you know that like there is no data to support you know what he's talking about, and that's why I'm, I'm saying like his his plan deserves absolutely no consideration because it's just total nonsense. It's just extrapolation, like extreme extrapolation from basically no data points.
1: Yeah, I had to Google this because I didn't know the exact number. Uh, the Earth is approximately four and a half billion years old, so. Two billion years ago, I, there's that. I I I'm, I might butcher this uh, this thing, but if the uh, the timeline of the Earth was a standard clock, humanity's existence would be. I think it's something along the lines of 30 seconds on that clock. And wow. humanity has existed for a uh, long time. Let me just Google that real quick.
0: Well, I would I would even say you know they, this his that that uh, the virus thing it predates certainly all like mammalian life. It probably predates m- almost all uh, vertebrate life as well. I would imagine.
1: Yeah. So humanity is approximately uh, I'm just I, this is just a quick Google search. What it's telling me one and a half to two million years old give or take this is just a quick google search i could be off here um google is not a scientist
0: yeah it's just i mean even if it's double that or 10 times that that's you know that is nothing when you compare it to the scope of billions of years you know so it's just like that's that's what i'm, I'm saying it's just like it's just to to even think that the um those those uh, aliens that sent the, uh, the 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 asteroid containing the virus could have even conceived of uh, you know how human life or very or you know life itself were, were, was going to develop on Earth is just a laughable notion. It's just it's just um, you know so it just none of none of that stuff to me makes sense. Um, but I, it does make for like a fair, and I'm glad we, we went back and we kind of talked about it a little bit more. I think I might have uh, hand waved it a little bit too much because of how I felt about it. But I think it, that just kind of goes to show you like what you know what kind of villains that we are dealing with here. And also, I'm glad you mentioned it again because that means I have been once again vindicated as as a book knower. I I, I don't know if you remember, but I did mention that. This threat may be somewhat extraterrestrial in nature:
1: Yeah, and I, and, I did uh, tell you that I, I had an idea that was that it was a, a third party that was pulling the strings here, which I was right. Protogen is the third party pulling the strings here, but I also told you that your idea does not need to conflict with my idea, so we were both right
0: I know and that, that, that's, uh, that's you know that's why again why you listen because we are the book numbers we, yeah. we know things.
1: Maybe you a little more than me.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's when it comes to when it comes to plot, you've you've probably got me beat.
1: I don't know. I, I I'm definitely not keeping score, uh, but I do want to throw out a no. harebrained theory while I'm thinking about it. So sure. Dresden was talking about when they go to the stars, when they leave the solar system, when they pull a Mass Effect Andromeda, which totally stole from this book, by the way. Um, it may not have actually stolen from it. It's not necessarily a novel concept to leave the solar system, but I do find it very funny the similarities between Mass Effect Andromeda and the storyline of the 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 Nauvoo ship, the Mormon ship mm-hmm. on Tycho. Uh, I, I I'm reading that and I'm like this 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 book came out before Mass Effect Andromeda and Andromeda did the exact same thing. That's just that's that's funny. Um, anyways, um, <clears throat> so he's talking about this evolutionary expansion that can help them essentially ascend to godhood when they leave the solar system and explore other systems that have alien life on it. Uh, What is the Nauvoo trying to do at this point? It's trying to leave the solar system and try and find another place for humanity to live. So what if there's a safe somewhere that Holden knows about that has samples of the Phoebe bug, this this, uh, proto-molecule, It's not the only, if if there is a sample of it in that safe, it's not the only place where there are samples. There are probably samples, we don't know this for certain, but there might be samples in Toth Station. There is a mass of samples on Arrow Station. This shit is freely available to someone who has the means to get to it and know where it's at. So what if, what if when the Nauvoo is ready to go, and the Mormon community is getting on it they're getting ready to go on their big missionary trip to new stars a little bit of the Phoebe bug finds its way onto the ship and we have that multi-generational time span where it can coagulate
0: yeah I could Jade into some sort of that sort of some sort of like not the 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 that next stage that he was talking. That's that's a really interesting idea.
1: Get that proto molecule male to female copulation.
0: <laughs> but that's that. But that's that's probably not too far off because that's kind of what I was saying. They keep mentioning the Nauvoo over and over again, and you know, at first I was kind of like, yeah, okay, it's interesting, a little bit of flavor text, whatever. You the know, Mormons, to, am I right? <laughs> trying to get to the next uh, the next uh, you know plot point for with miller but i was but you know they've mentioned it so many times now it's kind of like and now that you think when now that you mentioned that that the the scope of their mission is going to take let's just say conservatively hundreds of years probably maybe even thousands of years but but you know when you take that into consideration you know it's it's just like you know what that that may be what they're doing is that they're they're going to be processing the people that are on board the ship into creating these sort of like into this sort of like metahuman posthuman thing
1: yeah um I also feel like I'm starting to have a growing mistrust of Fred at this point I don't know if it's founded but I'm I, just little pieces here and there that have happened uh, since the since being introduced to him. It's starting to make me feel like there is some sort of ulterior thing we don't know about yet that is going to essentially be the heel turn in the final act coming up.
0: Mhm. What 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 are you gathering? I'm I'm still relatively pro Fred, but I I might have missed something. Uh
1: just his kind of he he's a little I feel like he was a little too blasé about Toth Station. A, a little yeah. too emotionless about it, especially Miller's actions and he there's just some of his reactions and we get little pieces of like earlier in the book when when holden says something and is like oh fred did not laugh as he expected and uh, there's times where to be fair he was being extremely cringe sure when when he but there are like these minor tics that you're seeing in fred that, at least to me, it, it just seems like it could be, it, it could not be, but it could be small little subtle things that this person is is having this exterior character that he's putting out as a front that's hiding some sort of more inner, not necessarily evil, but ambitious side that might, you know, what if he what if he agrees with Dresden? What if, what if because Millard was even saying he, he when he was talking to Holden, it, he was saying, "It's not that I was agreeing with him, but just maybe, and that's why I shot him." What if that just maybe was a little stronger in Fred? And Could what be? does Fred have access to? The Navu the, uh, the the the, the
0: That you know, or it's it's possible that he might you know represent well no i was going to speculate that it is theoretically possible that he might represent some other group that already kind of knows more about this and was trying to 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 gather it for his purpose or the purposes of people that he's aligned with but i don't know they didn't seem to at least dresden didn't seem to portray any sort of prior knowledge of of fred beyond um the fact that he who he was you know a, a relatively famous uh military figure
1: i i'm not trying to imply that they were working together at that point I'm, I'm just i'm saying that what what if what he was saying to them got through to to fred and fred was like you know he's not wrong
0: no i i know what you mean i was just i was i, I was that was a failed postulation uh i guess uh, on my part to see if they is with to think about was there any kind of prior um maybe meeting, but I think I think there's something to be said for what you're saying though is like this idea that he may have, you know, he may have you know and maybe it did resonate with him, you know this this idea of like this sort of like we need to be ready for you know what's out there, what's next. maybe he doesn't necessarily view it in in the the terms that Dresden does like we need to watch out for like, Whatever sent that asteroid two billion years ago, but maybe he un- he understands from his perspective as like a, a belt, you know, uh, a belt aligned figure that, you know, there's there is going there needs to be some sort of like move to create like to make the belters more self sufficient, you know? Yeah. And what what does that mean? How do we get there? Maybe a seed was planted there that he's like, well. Maybe he's right. Maybe we do need to become some sort of, like, metahumans. He was right, but not in the
1: way that he thought he was.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's it's just kind of like... And that's kind of, like, where the book has been. Like, it's, like, this idea of, like, are Belters and humans the same? Are they compatible? You know, all the differences between them, maybe that's kind of where this is all going, you know?
1: Yeah. Which, um... You know, I I could I could be very wrong. This, like I said, this was a harebrained theory. I also thought that uh, uh, Zapano and Johnny Truant might be the same person, and they very clearly weren't. So, you know, I don't exactly necessarily have the best track record of crazy theories. So, you know, it's just it's it's as I said in House of Leaves, it is a fun kind of mental exercise to to kind of throw out these crazy ideas. Just as a as a what if, to see if your if your understanding or interpretation of the story is at least somewhat on track, I don't know. It's fun, even if I'm wrong. It's still fun to think about.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think
1: we need a fourth quarter know. quarter villain, though. I will say,
0: I think that that might be, you know, and it's something that that we kind of I kind of mentioned back in the before we we had too much of Fred. It was the Dawes. You know, there was something about him that I didn't quite trust, you know? Yeah, I wonder if he's gonna come he,
1: back. He seemed too important to just leave.
0: And he was played by uh by uh
1: Jared Harris in the show.
0: Jared Harris in the show. It's like that's a that's a big actor to you know unfortunately we probably shouldn't do stuff like that too, but to to use that as like a, a, a meta textual sort of analysis, but you know, it's but there that is kind of something that I've thought about is like, well when is Dawes going to come back? Because Jared Harris is a pretty big actor to just bring in and then just have him in there for, like, what would have been the equivalent of, like, two episodes, you know?
1: Godzilla 2014 used Brian Cranston for all 15 minutes and used him all over the marketing. It's it's not unheard of, but it's still kind of dumb. That's fair. Um, but to, to round out the story, uh, Holden and Naomi going to fuck, and now we're caught up.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, Holden was a little bit sad um, because of the the sort of like like we mentioned at the at the at the top, there was like a little bit of a a meeting between Holden and Miller, you know, and there there it was not it didn't really go. It could have gone worse, but it could have gone better because they didn't really get too deep into like what's what's separating them as people like they kind of like allude to it a little bit but they just they don't ever you know there is no catharsis there is no like ultimate like resolution there it's just kind of like miller's just like he just kind of senses that holden is not interested in like he doesn't want him there and then he just kind of is like okay well i understand i'll i'll uh, you know i'm gonna just leave you know and then it just kind of leaves on this sort of like very intentionally like um, ambiguous in and kind of unsatisfying uh, way and then he then he calls uh, you know he calls Naomi he's like hey you want to meet up and talk about it you know I, I'm, I'm a little bit you know he's he's feeling a little bit unsure of himself at that time she asks him to and meet up then... by the way oh she asked him to, to... I, I think
1: so you might want to check that but I feel like that is an important distinction
0: I think well i I, I suppose I, but I think that was his his hope was to meet up with her, so I guess you know, even if she did, I think that they were they were wanting to meet up anyway, so he's he goes and he talks to uh, to Naomi and uh, he's he seems like he's like having this sort of like realization it's finally dawning on him that you know he has some culpability. In the creation of this sort of like Galactic war And he's he's starting to feel bad about it He's just like uh, Let me grab the book real quick uh, I need a win Naomi He continued I need to do something that makes a difference Fate or karma or god or whatever Drop me in the middle of this thing And I need to know I'm making a difference Which I mean I think we can safely say that he has been making a difference Although not uh, This is a very monkey paw you know, kind of situation where he is making a difference. It's just making things. Worse. It's
1: just, it's costing a lot at the same time.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so she's, um, she asks him, you know, she's, she says, you're cute when you're being noble, but you need to stare off into the distance more. Um, so she, she's, she's kind of like, she starts to get a little flirty with him and then asks, uh, um, want to come home with me and then he's like uh yeah and that's basically that's basically where we end yeah um, but uh but you know you know jokes aside I think that's kind of like the resolution or I guess I mean we have a little bit of book left but I think it, it can safely be said that's the resolution of the uh of the the subplot with uh Naomi and uh and Holden is like they are they are now a thing
1: they're they're at least going to have sex together. Like, whether that blooms into an actual relationship or if it's just going to be a, a guy and a girl it, it, getting some stress relief going uh, w- w- remains to be seen. But for all intents and purposes, yeah, the, the, that, that arc has concluded in the very predictable yet satisfying conclusion.
0: Yeah, but uh, what remains to be seen... Is uh what's what's the deal with uh, Holden and Miller?
1: Yeah, and the the and the solar system at large,
0: and the solar system at large. It's like we those are the open questions. I don't think that we will see the conclusion of at least the the solar system question because this, as as we've stated before, this is part of a very lengthy series. So I think that's just going to that's going to take at least a few books and then maybe in you know maybe there's like multiple arcs during the the series but there is definitely going to be uh it's definitely going to take a while for that to be unraveled but i'm hoping we can at least get some resolution to the to the miller holden storyline
1: if this is a real a well-written book from start to finish which i've heard it is and i feel like it is as far as we've read then this book will be able to resolve its major plot while still having itself open to be a series as a whole.
0: Yeah, I guess we'll see. I, I get the sense that they're going to do a cliffhanger. But...
1: There, there might be a cliffhanger in the terms of, like, there are unanswered questions that can be pursued into a greater series form, but I feel like there needs to be a wrap-up of the major plot this story is telling, at least in in terms of... The character arc that, that the main characters are going through and the resolution of at least what this proto-molecule proto is and how it's being used in the system. Whether or not it extends past this book is the question for the series, but I feel like you can still end the story of the mystery of it in a very satisfying way without essentially cutting off the it being a one-off
0: that's fair yeah that's I think that's it I think we have only we stopped on page um,
1: we got like just under 130 pages left I think
0: yeah yeah we, we just just a little bit under we stopped on page 442 so I think I think yeah we just get we probably can, can knock this out uh, for next time
1: yep next time will be the final episode of Leviathan Wakes we're gonna wrap this book up
0: yep I you know I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, the conclusion and uh, looking forward to seeing you all next time have a good one
1: yep see you later